you and I signed off Wednesday, and then all hell broke loose. We lost with Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. Everybody's gone. Uh, all right, let's uh, give me give me your thoughts on Kalen DeBoer from Washington to Alabama. Fantastic ball coach. Um, and it is a hire that has Nick Saban's fingerprints all over it. Right. A uh, couple different reasons. Number one, Nick Saban, before he had to settle with Tommy Reese, tried to hire Kalen DeBoer's offensive coordinator last offseason. He loved what they were doing there. He loved the way that they set up their offense, the way they stressed defenses, some of the player development. The yeah, guy's name is Ryan Grubb. And by yeah. the way, coming with Kalen DeBoer, right to Alabama. Um, Nick Saban says he's going to have an office. Nick Saban says that he's going to be able to be there for anything that Kalen DeBoer needs. And Kalen DeBoer says, I would be a fool not to let Nick Saban do this. And that's where I get back to the ball coach side of this, because I think that Nick Saban is supposed to be there to serve as the liaison to all of the extra stuff that Kalen DeBoer has never had to deal with. Right. And that includes, on a simple level, recruiting in the SEC, knowing the high school coaches, yada, yada, yada. On a more complex level, managing a booster base that has had warring factions over the decades, and until Nick Saban came in and instituted his one-voice policy, that they were not in line. Alabama. Right. Alabama was much closer to Auburn in the modern yeah. era. We have pointed to Auburn and talked about the dysfunction and right. too many cooks in the kitchen and all these other things. Nick Saban fixed those issues at Alabama, got everybody in line. And that's how they were able to make the machine go. Nick Saban sticking around is good. So Kalen DeBoer seems like a football coach and a right. great football coach. I have no idea if he is suited <laughs> for everything else that comes with Alabama, but again, as long as Nick Saban is there helping along with those things, um, I I think it is a good hire in the ultimate good, bad, like it, don't like it, put me in the good-like quadrant. My only drop, the only really qualms I have about it, uh, first of all, Alabama, unlike an Ohio State, um, and I put Alabama maybe in the same category as we put North Carolina, it's not, it's not foolproof, right? Um, North Carolina didn't hire well once, and we saw what happened. We saw we, 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 Matt Doherty happened. Basketball. Right? Oh, basketball. North Carolina. Basketball. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we, we had that. Uh, and Alabama went through the wilderness, right? I mean, they went through the, was it Mike Shula's of the world? Right? Well, or was it David it, Shula? One of the Shulas. Not, yeah, it was, not Don. It, it was Mike, but all of the down years also included 10 win seasons. Like, there's a belief that you can. Well, yeah, occasional 10 win seasons, but they were. They were there's a belief that you can hire anybody and at least have them going out there and winning 10 games. Yeah, Mike DuBose did well once and then didn't do well and had other issues, right? But it, it's right. not foolproof. And then Correct. Nick Saban shows up, and Nick Saban is foolproof because. He's Nick Saban. So here's my the fallout of this. And that that the other thing about Kalen DeBoer is that there's really not a very long body of work at a high level. Correct. Hasn't been at Washington very long. He wasn't even at the at Sioux Falls 
very long at NAI. Now he won like crazy there. He went sixty-seven and three with three national championships. I understand I mean, that, but he wasn't there all of that. It was what five years? Yeah, uh, at uh, at Sufo. So he hasn't been a coach at the highest level for all that long. He was a great high school coach right before then. Um, so there isn't a great body of work. So so that's, to me, also a little bit of a red flag, at least a question mark about red flag, question mark. Um, so those are my two, my two issues with the hire. Uh, now, I am curious about this. Why didn't Washington keep Ryan Grubb? Oh, he didn't get the job. That's why I asked. Well, why didn't they do that? Some, some, some coaches. Okay, they're, they're just they're coordinators. He wanted it though, didn't he? Now, my read of a letter that he penned to the Washington fan base said, "I was hoping to be selected, but I will not be the next head coach." Yeah, and they selected Jed Fish, who admittedly does have more head coaching experience. Sure. Not a lot more. Most of it. I mean, Ryan Grubb, zero. So Jed Fish, sure. immediately more. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. I I was around <laughs> Ryan Grubb for a little bit. I don't say that he's got a commanding presence. You know, I could, if you were really concerned, not just about the X's and O's, mm. but about someone that's going to be able to go out there and uh, generate, like tap into yeah. the tech money in Seattle and be able to help an NIL operation, Montlake Futures, which really took a big step from the beginning of the 2023 season to the end of the 2023 season, a lot of great fundraising being done there. Maybe that was the motivation of Washington is that you do want someone who's going to be a little bit more of a salesman uh, while also having some of the, you know, base level stuff. Jed fish did a terrific job of inheriting an awful situation at Arizona, jumping from one win to five to 10. So, you know, he at least has done it from running a program and, and running it, in a way that I think Washington officials were familiar with being in the Pac-12. Um, one more thing about the domino, how this whole thing happened, or maybe it's actually back oh, to the beginning. No, the domino is that it leads to the first 16-0 and Georgia team in college football history because <laughs> Caleb Downs is leaving Alabama. He's one of 27 Alabama players in the transfer portal. He's probably going to go to Georgia with the guy who recruited him, who Kirby Smart hired immediately after <laughs> Nick Saban retired because he's an absolute dog, and that is not a pun intended. Right. I just have no other way to describe someone who is amassing a death star of talent that will, you're not going to be able to throw the ball on Georgia next year. They had one of the best secondaries in the country, and they're getting one of the best all-around football players in the country if Caleb Downs does end up committing. And also, I am not going to talk down often, but bless your heart if you saw Caleb Downs hit the portal and you thought, well, Josh went to Carolina, his dad was at NC State, maybe we got a chance. <laughs> Bless your heart. Dear dream. Uh, uh, for, first of all, when I saw the story today, I went, wait, the portal's still open? What, what? But it's only if your coach leaves. And this is oh, where okay, the, if your coach leaves. Yeah, okay. if the, the, this is where Alabama and Washington are screwed. And you could argue that the pendulum has swung too far the other way. That as we have like created I won't all argue. These, like, I will not all, argue it ever. All these um, situations. Yep. Now new head coaches are seeing their locker rooms empty and they cannot replace them because the portal is only open 
for teams who have had a head coaching change. And so Alabama has three players coming in and 27 players going out. Right. And while there are still some uncommitted players in the portal, it's nothing close to the quality that they have. Again, you know, cry tears for me. It's Alabama, right. yada, yada, yada. But it's just the system is being exposed in a way that when you've got these late coaching changes after the portal is closed, it's a feeding frenzy where, especially in the case of Alabama, some of the best players in the entire country are available and anybody can go get them, but Alabama can't go get anybody to replace them. Can Alabama get players uh, who are either at Washington or at Arizona or at San Jose State? Again, I will say there are players available. They are not of the caliber of Alabama. I look understand. for Look for <laughs> Kalen DeBoer and the Crimson Tide to find a robust collection of players when the spring portal opens after spring practice. Gotcha. Okay, good. So uh, they'll be... I. I'm not so concerned about Alabama, and I will never utter those words that maybe the pendulum had swung too far in the other direction. Well, I just it, that it pendulum is, would it, have to come all the way around and smack me in the back of the head before well, the, we get I'll to that you, point. I can, I'll give you a tease because the conversation's already been posted. Do you know what the end of that conversation goes? It goes well. If someone's going to get screwed, I'd rather it be the eight million dollar head coaches. No, that's that's fine for me. And that's the and that boom. That's that's the end of that conversation. But it is. What about the more than ten million dollar head coach like Mike Norvell at Florida State? What, what do you mean? What about him? No, he's, he's, you know, he's jumping in on the feeding frenzy too. He's got all those crazy Florida right. State fans celebrating that they got Alabama's third best running back. <laughs> I was like, that's that's a mid tier ACC behavior. Uh, Just assuming there's a guy's coming from the SEC that he's going to be great. Hey, look, uh, I remember a time where we lauded a win over Vanderbilt and didn't even say Vanderbilt. It was an SEC school. You do what you got to do. Yeah, you do what you got to do. You shape, I, I, you shape the news the way you need to shape it. I'm all for it. <laughs> I think Mike Norvell and I think Kalen DeBoer were real candidates at about the same time. I think Steve Sarkeesian was a real candidate at about the same really? time. See, I don't think the candidates were real. I, I never bought Sarkeesian. Norvell, yes. I never bought Sarkeesian, never bought Lane Kiffin for a second. I, ne I'm, I did not say Kiffin. I was very yeah. intentional. Sark, DeBoer. Norvell, and then whether Lanning was or wasn't is... He took himself out of it right away. Yeah, he used... You think he wants boy. Georgia when Kirby Smart goes to the NFL? I think he wants somebody else to get fired, and then he can go get Alabama. Seriously, I mean, I think his <laughs> kids... I think he really likes being at Eugene. Right. I think his children have gotten settled in the schools. I think he wants to, you know, watch Born Identity movies with his kids, watch them grow <laughs> up four or five years down the line. Like, and that was a joke, by the way. Dan Lanning was watching The Born Identity with his son okay. while it was being reported by a Eugene television station. He was in Tuscaloosa. So he <laughs> takes a shot of the, like, screen of them picking the movie for a little boy's night together. Beautiful. Um, I think he wants to see his children grow up in a great community in Eugene with a well-paying job and Phil Knight spending as much money as he can yep. to win a national championship before he dies. And I think that when the guy who follows the guy gets fired, he'll listen. So, oh, sure. Uh, real quick, for people who uh, are, are, you know, are not aware, The Born Identity, the movies are fun. Um, Matt Damon does a great job. I would argue, go read the books. Uh, Robert Ludlum does an amazing job with those books. All right. 
uh, Chip Patterson. Let me get to, uh, I'm going to go right to the bottom of the stuff that I sent you because I am curious about this. I know how well NC State feels like they have done in the transfer portal, um, and the collectives have something to do with that. So which ACC schools have the best collectives? Oh, that's mean. You're going to tee it up like NC State's going to be there. No, but I, mean, I, I mean, I'm like sure I, I'm sure they're in the mix. For top, for what, top six? Oh, I don't know. You, you tell me. Okay. So, depending on desperation, budget, recruiting cycle, Florida State and Miami are one and two. Okay. Cycle to cycle. Like, it kind of, you know, how much money did you invest in last year's recruiting class or this year's portal class? And, you know, do we have money left over because we missed out on a guy? Mm-hmm. More or less, it's Miami and Florida State there at the top. The number three, which I don't think is up for debate, is Louisville. Okay. And I think they also have a lot of money, by the way. I think that we see that they are getting it done, even with this portal class, where they've done a good job of restocking. Mm -hmm. They built last year's team through the portal. They lost a lot, and they looks like they are making sure that they're going to be about ready to go. And then I think you start to take a a step down into a different ballgame, at least in terms of the sense that I pick up from. Um, you know, the recruiting side, the people that are really plugged into the portal recruiting, the people that are really plugged into the transfer um, transfer market po- recruiting and also high school recruiting. I think that's when you take a step down into a, a little bit more of a muddied middle, at least when it comes to the ACC, where you can have a lot of money, mm-hmm. but are you spending it well? Are you using a, a good methodology to how you're spreading it around? Right. Are you giving too much money to players who aren't playing or contributing? <laughs> Did that happen last year at one I, of our I, local schools? <laughs> I, I think that it is a muddied middle where, again, like <laughs> you look like you've got a great NIL operation when all of your transfers hit and your freshmen are ready to play and everything's working. And when it doesn't, then when how about this? Or like, let's take another school when players are bouncing right. and you can't keep them around and they're leaving to go to other schools that clearly are spending a lot. You were not able to do one part of NIL, which is roster retention. Mm-hmm. And for some places, the roster retention side of this is the most important. Right. So yeah, it's a, it's a complicated game, but as I, you texted me, I texted some people, the way that I pitched it was, who are the best? And they were like, best in terms of money, best in terms of this. I was like, let's just, if we were power ranking it. Okay. And the response I got more or less in the consensus was Miami and Florida State are out in front. Louisville's next. Then you drop into like a muddied middle. And then you do have near the bottom, not only some of the bottom of the ACC, but programs that are probably some of the bottom among the power four conferences. Okay. Um, who, who's in that muddied middle? Where's Clemson in this? Oh, Clemson does Clemson might be in the same tier as NC State. Okay. And I, so I, is that in the muddied middle? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With okay. no one is going no one is saying that Clemson's NIL operation is way out in front because Clemson is not they even Adam, you know they even tried in the portal this year? They tried? Everyone Yeah. Everyone's like, Dan Dabo's ignoring the portal. No, it's even sadder. <laughs> You know, we all last, all last year we were like, all they need is some offensive linemen. I, Two wide receivers. 
my understanding is that they kicked the tires, maybe even got at least one of them on campus to three offensive linemen in the portal this year, and all of them went other places. They're Mm. trying. And I just, I don't know, like, we've got old jokes about those, like, old-era Clemson recruiting classes, you know, some of those early wins and how it all came to be and how it lines up with sort of the – ethos of Clemson football of the Dabo Sweeney era. But I, I don't think that you can look at, I don't think you can look at the roster management construction and recruiting from both high school and portal and put Clemson on the same level as a Florida state, Miami or Louisville. That's that's where I would say that the muddied middle Clemson's probably in that group of maybe five or six schools that are trying, like they have money. Mm -hmm. They're spending it as best they can with opportunities for their athletes, but th- it is not the reason they are winning battles. All right. So let me, uh, let me just fold it back into the portal. Then uh, how do you explain? I mean, NC state's obviously done well in the portal. Um, na- I don't know how it, how it ranks nationally. I mean, when I looked at it, maybe, I don't know, three weeks ago, a month ago, uh, they were top five, top six, depending on which poll you looked at, looked at. Uh, so how do you explain the state's, success to whatever degree in the, in the transfer portal. I mean, that is, they are number nine nationally right now. Um, And just to give it, get you an idea of sort of where that stands. uh, Florida state is at three. Louisville is at four South Carolina at seven NC state at nine uh, USC at 10 Texas at eight. You've got good company. Yeah, Um, absolutely. But I think the success for NC State in the portal is being able to clearly have, you know, their ducks in a row on the NIL front, but also just to be able to sell the stability mm-hmm. and the opportunity that they have. You know, you show, you know, what is needed by putting on the tape. Hey, Jordan Waters. <laughs> hey, Grayson McCall. Right. Hey, you know, like, right? I mean, you just yeah. you, you just put on the tape. You're like, can can you see yourself being able to contribute immediately? Yes. We can too. So <laughs> look, this is, I, I mentioned earlier, the Florida state Miami is kind of a year to year basis. Sure. I've not spoken with the coaching staff or even like the NIL side on this specific topic, but I've said it publicly enough and I have not gotten pushback. Say chips to the middle of the table year for NC state. And if you are not doing everything you can to load up on as much talent as your recruiting efforts and resources. Oh, because time, of the schedule. Yeah, yeah, time, energy, everything else, or even your money. Because I always do think it's, for a staff, you are budgeting your resources, your NIL is budgeting money, and they are both just as important when it comes to re- winning recruiting battles. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're chips in on the 2024 season because this is a chance to make it to the ACC championship game and contend for what could be the program's first ACC title since 1979. Um, I, I just don't see why you don't empty the tank. And if it leads to a really tough 25, you won't care. Yeah. Who you can? Right. Title ring. You never know when it's your time. Exactly. And you would trade everything for re- for that opportunity to do it. That's the way it should be done. That's, I, honestly, that's the way it should be done in the pros. 
Um, and you should probably think about it in the same terms. You should definitely mortgage your entire franchise when you don't have any other options elsewhere just to get the number one overall pick. I'm sorry, Victoria. I know you have to listen to this as part of your job. <laughs> I not See, intend. that is not the truth. That is not the truth. It all depends on the year of the draft. That is my biggest problem with what they did. This was not, last year was not the year. This year. This year was the year. Anyway, Chip Patterson, you're the best, man. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Chip Patterson is, oh, man. what I love Wednesdays.